0: In this episode, I'll talk about riding bareback, the pros, the cons, the hows, and the whys. So here we go, episode 173, Bareback. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony, because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Well, hello, fancy meeting you here again. What a coincidence. (laughs) I'm so glad you stopped by the podcast. Otherwise it's just, you know, me alone talking to myself. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I thought I would do an episode today about riding bareback because it's something that I've been doing a lot more lately, especially, but I've done a lot of bareback throughout my entire riding history. My mom had a horse when I was a kid. I think I was like seven years old or so when she, when she had him. And uh, she insisted that I was able to ride him bareback before I could ride in a saddle, which looking back was like, what a cool thing. She also used to send me down to the barn all by myself. And this was just at the end of our street, there was like nobody else around. (laughs) And as a little seven-year-old, I'd go groom him and get on him and uh, ride him around before she got down to the barn. So Uh, You know, (laughs) luckily that all worked out. (laughs) And uh, when I got my first horse, I did a lot of playing around bareback. Uh, Best friend had a horse at the same time. And we used to go bombing around on them all the time and riding through the trails bareback. We'd get on backwards. We'd ride backwards and then um, send our horses over jumps. (laughs) We'd play tag. Tag uh, <laughs> some of their neighbors had horses too. They were like the older kids. And, uh, they used to play this game where one of these older kids would, uh, run around and like, we'd get up behind them bareback and they'd like take off. And we had all these trails. They were kind of in the bushes and, uh, they'd then drop us off and like plunk us <laughs> down into the bushes and we'd hide. And then the other girl would ride around on her horse and try to find us while this other girl would like ride around and try to like intercept it. I don't, I'm not sure what sort of game they were playing, but it involved um, putting us little kids up behind them, bareback, flinging us into the bushes. And then they'd come along again and we'd reach up, they'd grab our arm and we kind of like swing ourselves back up and claw our way onto the horse and they'd be taken off so the other girl couldn't catch her. Uh, <laughs> I survived, uh, luckily. Of course, this was all, you know, no helmets and (laughs) it was nuts, but man, it was fun. And I sure did get a lot of time, you know, being a scrappy, a scrappy little rider and having the time of my life. Uh, Then um, the second horse that I got uh, was a much more bumpy uh, thoroughbred who actually liked to buck at least, you have, have a bucking session uh, at least once. Um, a ride. He was very uh, exuberant (laughs) and I didn't mind. Uh, And then I started doing more and more dressage with him. And I still rode bareback sometimes, but sort of increasingly less as that horse actually became my sort of uh, quote unquote transition to professional horse. And I spent less and less time in the bushes and more and more time sort of being professional. And it was years went by you know when he retired and then I was just riding other people's horses and I didn't do any bareback for oh gosh at least a decade and uh, yeah and then then at some point I got my own horse again the horse of Vivaldi uh, and then I started doing you know this natural horsemanship stuff <laughs> and started doing bareback again, just little bits and then increasingly more and more and more. And I re in love with bareback again. And it really changed so many things because, well, for one, it kind of ruined me for saddles because after spending a large block of time riding bareback again on so many different horses, I went back and, you know, to put saddles on it. I felt like I was three feet away from the horse. I felt so far removed from the horse. And I really loved the feeling of closeness. So I love bareback because you can feel so much. I mean, you can feel the contracting and relaxing of the muscles. You can feel the bend of the spine. You can, you can feel or of their, their torso. (laughs) You can feel the, the warmth. I mean, to feel their muscles actually warming up. You can also feel the withers and okay, that's not so pleasant. (laughs) And you know, the horse can feel more too. I always get the feeling that they can feel more subtle shifts of weight and feel the different movements and how I'm using the muscles in, in my body. They can feel that so much more. And maybe they can feel the warmth of my butt warming up (laughs) as I ride. I wonder if they think that that feels as good as how I think it feels when their backs warm up but I, they can also feel my seat bones more, which is probably not so pleasant either for them. So, you know, as with anything that you're gonna do with horses and probably most things in life, there are considerations and no situation is maybe perfect, whatever that means, but different different things like riding bareback versus with a saddle, um, will have different pros and cons Not as some sort of general rule, because it really, it depends on the exact scenario in front of us, the exact horse, the exact um, person riding it, the exact situation (laughs) that you're going to head off and do this. And so like some people and including myself should not ride some horses bareback in some situations. I think that's pretty close to it perfectly true <laughs> sentence, right? Some people should not ride some horses bareback in some situations. And, you know, s- some horses should not be ridden bareback, you know, at, at certain times, like maybe they're good to ride in some situations at some times, but not in others. So, you know, and then there's there's every possible combination of what sort of person, what sort of horse, and what sort of circumstance. I think you can, you can make some sort of, you know, guidelines of, you know, look at horses back, back conformation, their muscling on their backs. How do they use their bodies? You know, the, one of the main things that I'll look at is, you know, the, the shape of the back and especially, you know, is the spine sticking out? Like that's number one, like, is the spine protruding where there's not enough muscling on either side of the spine. I mean, that's going to be a challenge, right? So that's, I mean, even for saddle fit, (laughs) that can be a challenge, but for bareback, I'm like, oh, I'm going to need to uh, really think about that. Number one, it's not at all comfortable to ride that. Um, and it's not going to be comfortable for the horse or healthy for the horse to have all the pressure taken onto their spinous processes. However, you can use padding. So bareback, one way to do bareback is just put your butt on the horse's naked back with nothing but a, you know, thin piece of fabric between you and the horse. But another way to do it is to have some padding. So I typically use a half pad with more or less padding in it with most horses I ride ride bareback. I mean, that's just gonna kind of be my default. So now the padding that I use these days is just um, like a regular half pad, like an English half pad. And then I I like to get the kind that have like pockets that you can add more padding or take out padding, depending on the horse. And there's some horses that are just so round that their their spine is actually below <laughs> the muscling on their back. Uh, Atomic was like that. Uh, and then other horses where it stands up, but I'll tend to, if they have a lot of padding on their backs already, maybe I won't use a pad, but even then I'm thinking about, you know, the my weight concentrated on these, you know, little seat bones, my bony, <laughs> my bony butt seat bones, I'll tend to use some sort of padding but I use just a regular half pad. I plunk it on the horse and uh, off I go. So I know that there's bareback pads and there's some bareback pads that are, um, have, you know, they're just like a piece of material and a girth. And then some have a little bit more structure and even some padding and they start to cross over to being, you know, is this a bareback pad or is this a treeless saddle? So some there's all different varieties in my experience, the typical kind of baseline bareback pad, which is kind of some sort of maybe lightly squishy material with a girth, I've found more horses that don't like that because, and and don't like that as much as a saddle and, and don't like it as much as just riding regular bareback. And I think it's because a lot of those pads have, you know, a strap of whatever it is that they're using for the girth that attaches. And because there's not any structure to it, all the pressure from the girth actually goes right onto the top of their spine. And I've had horses that never complain about bareback with just me sitting up there, never complain about a saddle and girthing, but complain a lot when I try to put, a sort of regular baseline uh, bareback pad on. And now I know there's, like like I said, there's a lot of variety out there. Um, Probably some of you listening are going, ooh, 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 I have a bareback pad that's really good (laughs) and doesn't do that. And that's great. Like I said, I I, I haven't looked around for a while for myself because I'm kind of happy with what I've got going on. But if you are wanting to do bareback, and you you want a little something, something that's, atta- <laughs> that's attached to the horse that gives you a little more grip than just their hair, do investigate. Don't just go to the default, whatever the local tax store has. You can post in the dressage naturally land Facebook group and ask people like, Hey, you know, what's your favorite bareback pad? Um, I'm sure you'll get lots and lots of ideas. Some bareback pads will have even places to a- attach the stirrups and, um, I don't know that maybe I'm just old school. I feel like, well, that's a saddle. <laughs> that's just an unstructured saddle. Uh, part of what I like about bareback is that they, it doesn't have stirrups. <laughs> if I want, if I want to fiddle around with stirrups, I'll put my saddle on. Anyway, you are free to do whatever makes you happy. And that doesn't hurt the horse. How about that? <laughs> so one of the things that I love the most about bareback, except for all that, you know, the warmth and (laughs) movement and feeling their muscles and all that, is it, I think it benefits my riding because it, it makes me think a little bit differently about how I ride. It keeps what I, I say, it keeps me honest, right? It prevents me from just kind of like bombing around (laughs) and doing rude things to my horse. Now, I tend to not want to do that anyway, but there are these, I find I make my choices just a little bit differently when I'm riding bareback, especially if I'm at the stage where um, I haven't been riding bareback for a while and then I'm starting back up again. Uh, that's, (laughs) That's when I'm really aware of what I'm doing but it also makes me think about how much I trust or don't trust my horse or when do I trust them or where do I trust them and where and when do I not, you know, so if I'm thinking, Oh, I'm, I don't want to do that. I might fall off. Uh, you know, that, that gives some good information. That's interesting to know about. Right. So, um, So that's, that's one of the benefits because I think it's, it's always a good idea to ride, you know, what could be bad about riding a little more politely. (laughs) I've also seen really big benefits um, come to some horses, including some of mine at times. Uh, But with, with students, I've seen horses that are really, like having biomechanical issues or just some behavior issues and it's subtle, but like, oh, well, we just like this, it, it things ought to be working better. The horse is trying. It's just not happening and you can't really put your finger on it. Things, everything seems fine. The saddle fitter was just out. It's, you know, a $5,000 saddle and the saddle fitter just came. So couldn't possibly be the saddle, right? Well, I've seen some of those situations where, they ride bareback and then the big breakthrough comes. The big breakthrough comes by taking the saddle off. And it's happened enough times that it, you know, it makes it worth it to me to investigate that. If you're having one of those like, huh, things really should be working better, but they don't seem to be. I wonder why. I know um, my horse Solana, she's never had saddling issues and I've always, you know, it never had like issues with that, but she sometimes gets, um, I have to be very conscious and slow with her, with the girthing. And then there's some, some moments where, you know, I just, she seems to be a little bothered by the girth, but then it'll change. Once I'm on and going, she doesn't seem bothered by the girth at all. But when I, when I've been riding her more bareback, I'm like, hmm, well, we never have to have that conversation about the girth and whatever that might be that's making her uncomfortable and I've tried some really cool girths that give her a lot of freedom and it's not even touching her sides. <laughs> and uh anyway, so I've played with different girths and things. Um but I I think some, you know, if think about it, like you, it's think of the subtlety of Shoes, like shoes for us. And you know, you can try on a shoe and it can fit, right? Someone could, a professional shoe fitter could go and like see how much space there is between the edge of the shoe and your toes. And they can see that it's not like digging into your ankle and they can see that your heel's not slipping and it's not creating a blister or anything like that. But you can still imagine having some shoes that are just more comfortable and some shoes that are annoying and some shoes that... At the end of the day, you can't wait to take them off. And other shoes, you like to leave them on all day, even the ones that, like, quote unquote, fit perfectly. And so, I think there's that same thing happening with saddles and girths—that there's equipment out there that fits perfectly. It's not causing any major damage, but it just isn't quite as comfortable as walking around barefoot. Or as, you know, some other situation with your shoes. So I think you know, if we think about equipment with horses that way, we can go through a checklist and get to the, like, we want to at least be in the category of not causing pain. <laughs> but then once we're past that, there's a big range still left over. And I've seen enough positive things happen when people at the at the right moment in the right circumstance, Um, with great awareness when they try bareback, sometimes you get some really surprising information. Now I can see that happening the opposite too. Some horses are just too sensitive. The seat bones are just too bony. The way the rider um, uses their body and the way the horse uses their body just creates this combination where bareback actually causes more pain and more stress and it's not worth it. So nothing inherently good or bad about saddles or bareback. You got to look at what's in front of you and um, take in all the information and make decisions day to day, month to month, year to year. Because things can also change, right? A horse that you always ride bareback, well, two years from now, their bodies might be different. You might be riding different. There's different training issues. So it's always something and vice versa. So it's always something you've got to be aware of. Now, I know because some of you are probably thinking and want to ask of like, Karen, what kind of saddle do you use when you're riding with a saddle? And, um, after I had done this round of, you know, my new round of riding bareback, when I went to the saddle, um, I had, you know, regular dressage saddle. Um, but I just felt like I was I said miles away from my horse's back. So I came across, um, the answer treeless saddle and the model of that, that I have is the, um, it's called the classic and it's, it's a glorified bareback pad. I mean, it's a saddle. They've got a special trauma system. Um, I just, I love it. It's the, it's the closest I could get to bareback, but still giving the horse more protection, um, Yeah. So I really, really love that saddle. It's very flexible, but it's also, um, not bouncy. Now I know there's since I, I think this was like 2005 or something when I first got one of these saddles and the other treeless options for saddles out there. Um, many of them were like super padded and rather trampoline like they're very bouncy. And the, the answer is not uh, bouncy at all. So it doesn't add any rebound. Um, I think these days, um, there's a lot more treeless options. And I know some of you are listening out there wanting to raise your hand going, Ooh, 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 I have a treeless saddle that I absolutely love. And it's not super padded and bouncy either, which is great. <laughs> So, you know, if you're getting to bareback and then you want to find a saddle, you don't want to go to this stiff tree that has to be readjusted every three months, or it's not going to fit your horse. I think treeless is a great option and it's worth investigating. Again, go to the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and ask people what they're using. So you can start to investigate and maybe start to try things out. But I found that that was a really nice, um, compliment to the bareback riding because it felt, still very, very close. I think w- whether it's a treed saddle or a tree list saddle, um, I just, I want to be close. I don't want to be um, wedged in and I don't want to be separated. All right. Um, and again, I, I think the, the physical, I talked about some of the physical benefits that I've seen with horses. I, I have to mention the physical benefits to myself as a rider. So I think I think I've mentioned on other podcasts, like my body is pretty, it wants to be asymmetrical. It's my spine has some weird rotations in it, has a bit of scoliosis. One hip is um, higher and there's like a rotation in my pelvis. And I go to physical therapy just to maintain myself uh, in a pain-free way. (laughs) I'm fine. Don't worry. Just normal. It's like, you know, I would not pass the pre-purchase exam, <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. It works. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but I find you know riding in a saddle and stirrups in some ways put some weird. Um, it's easy to get leaning off balance. I can support myself in my stirrup on one side more than the other if I if I start to get crooked but gravity does not let you do that when you're riding bareback. So gravity is such a great teacher. And I've found when I ride bareback, my legs hang down more symmetrically. I find my true middle. It, it, it naturally, without having to like work on my position, I find a place of alignment, functionally aligned, and then actually more aligned and i found my back feels healthier. My hips are more open and I'm, I'm in the middle and able to relax my legs more than, more than in the saddle. So, and I, I can stay, um, pain-free, uh, you know, there's a better chance of me staying pain-free. In fact, I, you know, in the last bunch of years, I started to make a rule of like, I'm not riding. I'm not riding in anybody else's saddle. That's for sure. I will not ride anybody else's saddle. I may or may not ride somebody else's horse, but if I'm going to ride their horse, I'm going to put my saddle <laughs> on it. And because it's treeless, I know it fits everybody. But the last time that my back really locked up from riding was simply because I was riding in a treed saddle with a high cantle and knee rolls. And it wedged my body in so much that all the the pressure um, got absorbed in my lower, or not absorbed, but all the pressure went to my lower back. Everything else was stuck <laughs> and it jammed all that movement into my lower back. So riding bareback keeps me pain-free, which is sort of amazing. Uh, but it tells me that there's, there's just a lot of benefit, uh, to just one body moving on top of another body. All right. So how do we start <laughs> for those of you out there going, I think maybe I'll try it. How do you start now? There's a really good video in the, um, dressage naturally video classroom that, uh, dressage naturally instructor Shelby Hume did about how to start riding bareback. And if you wanna take a look at that, that's, you can find that in the January, 2020 videos. And she gives really good tips and um, about, you know, things that you wanna do first. But while we're here together, I'll give you some ideas right now. I think the first, the, the first thing to do is just to think about getting up there and just standing there, like have your horse standing still. So the first step would be just find a time to climb up on there (laughs) gently while he's standing still on the good day, right? In the good moment on the good day. So, you know, it's a nice warm day. You just had a good ride. Your horse is super chill. You're just hanging out, take the saddle off and climb up on the fence, lower yourself gently onto his back and just hang out. This is also a good you know, a good idea to use the technique of maybe today, right? So maybe today I'll ride bareback. So I wouldn't go out and just go, you know, don't mark your calendar and go on Thursday, I'm riding bareback. And then you get out there on Thursday and the wind's blowing, your horse is bucking. And you're like, well, I'm going to ride bareback because that's what I decided. <laughs> no, I would start putting in your mind that oh, maybe today I'll ride bareback. And then maybe you won't, and it'll cause you to, Figure out how to answer the question. Are you going to ride bareback today or not? But look for the good moment on the good day and start with just sitting up there. See how you feel. See how he feels. And then, of course, gradually, you can just do it at the walk. <laughs> you know, go for a little walk around. And uh, and this is what I'm about to say might be counterintuitive, but I would say have a distraction, like a happy little, a happy little distraction, like a friend to talk to someone who maybe has their own horse, a nice calm horse, and they're gonna walk along with you, just chit chat about stuff, sing a song. (laughs) When I um, Years ago, when I first um, started to do natural horsemanship and went to a natural horsemanship clinic and um, it was starting to do a little bit more bareback, but I was kind of in the like, okay, I'll just get on there in the good moment on the good day and just do a little bit that I feel comfortable with. And I went to this clinic with David Litchman, a Pirelli instructor and, and now very good friend. Um, and he had the group, we all got on bareback and he's like, okay, now we're gonna play tag. I'm like, what are you nuts? But we, we played tag at the walk. And then gradually we got up to the trot. And, and then if we wanted to, at the end, you know, whoever could sit, wanted to sit out, could sit out, but the, you know, we were like walk, trot canner. Yeehaw. (laughs) And at first I thought, this is terrible. Like this game tag is like, I need to concentrate on my riding. And like the tag is a distraction and I, I need to focus. But what it did was provide like a happy little distraction. And when I was distracted, I relaxed and wasn't hyper focused on my position, which meant gravity was able to do its thing. You know, we have sort of a natural, uh, I think instinct to stay upright and then it just took over and did its thing. And pretty soon I'm cantering all over the place. So, um, I don't necessarily recommend you go out and play tag. Um, but have a happy little distraction there. So you're not just going, oh my God, oh my God, don't fall off, don't fall off, don't fall off, (laughs) right? That's the last thing you want to do. Don't fall off, right? Don't think of the red ball. Okay, Um, another tip is on the day you decide to do bareback, make sure that's the only thing that you're changing. For example, don't go bareback and bridalist for the first time. Or don't go bareback for the first time and then decide you're going to ride out in this new area that you've never ridden in. Right? So, or, you know, don't go bareback for the first time and decide maybe it would be fun to jump for the first time. So, change one variable. Only change one variable. I've had people do that, like they've never ridden bitless. And. Um, they're out hand grazing their horse or playing, even doing some groundwork on their horse. They're like, oh, wow, this looks like a great day. He's in a good mood. I'll try some bareback. And so in the middle of playing online or going for that walk, they climb up on their horse and they're sitting on their horse, but they've never ridden bitless. And so then something happens and the horse moves and then they're trying to get it to stop or turn. But oops, they never practiced that bitless yet. And, you know, <laughs> the rest of this history, you can kind of picture how that could go wrong. So just change one. If you're changing and riding bareback, make sure everything else about the situation you're very confident in and you've done it lots of times before. And then, of course, you can start doing more, right? Some, do some exercises at the walk, add in some trot transitions, stuff like that. And then, you know, then if you want to do even more, Pick things that your horse is already happy about doing, right? Don't go out and pick an argument (laughs) when you're practicing your bareback. And this is where it starts to connect into, like, you're going to be thinking differently. Like, I'm not going to just go bomb around and do this thing, because if he's going to get bracy, it's going to make it harder to sit on. And then you just gradually increase. And remember to, like, just don't put pressure on yourself to do anything. This is supposed to be fun and a fun little happy experiment and let it be that way and just take the time it takes. Um, you don't have to be cantering by Tuesday, right? Just plan on, oh, I'm just going to sit on. And if you plan on just sitting on them, a, a moment might arise when you're like, Hey, I feel like walking and then just plan on just walking. That's fine. And then a situation might come up where it's like, Oh, I feel like trotting. That's much better than to, than to put pressure on yourself. And just know like riding bareback is not like riding a bicycle, right? If you, maybe you rode bareback as a kid and you think you're going to just climb on and, you know, sort of pick things up where you left off. And I personally find that if I don't ride bareback for a while, I have to start all over at the beginning. I have to start slowly again until I sort of get my, my bareback butt back. (laughs) And here's the thing, if you're nervous about going bareback, there actually may be a real benefit to that. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for may june and july we are going to be doing extra monthly live q a calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost we've never offered this before so it's a pretty cool opportunity so this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person to get your questions answered either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom I think is always the best deal. And for May, June and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the bod. If you're nervous to ride your horse bareback, ask yourself why, like exactly why. And whatever you're nervous about, that gives you a clue about what needs to improve in general. I mean, whatever it is ought to be addressed even when the saddle is on. Some saddles these days are built to confine and sort of secure the rider, allowing people to manage to stay on even if they're or their horse is way out of balance. I'd rather address the underlying issue. I start my horse's bareback for that reason. It helps me to not skip steps or thresholds. Of course, some horses have really extravagant movement and make it more challenging to stay with. But in my experience, it's not the big movements that make riding bareback hard. It's the tension, lack of balance, or uncooperativeness that makes things challenging. And those are training issues worth solving. With that said, If you ride with a saddle, it doesn't make you a lesser rider. We don't need to get righteous about bareback. It's just, in my opinion, worth thinking about and perhaps worth playing with. I mean, there's plenty of horses that I ride with a saddle and it's fine. And there's plenty of things that I'm gonna be the best rider for my horse with the saddle on. And so let's just do that. If you do spend some time riding bareback, Always make sure that you check in with your horse and feel his back afterwards and the next day to make sure he's doing okay. And he's not sore. I mean, we think about checking that for saddle fit. And a lot of times people think, well, I'm not wearing a saddle, so I don't have to worry about that. But yeah, we still do because we're putting something on the horse. We're putting us on the horse. And remember, seat bones do concentrate a lot of pressure into one area. You know, on the other hand, I've seen plenty of saddles (laughs) cause pain to horses too. So, like I said, it just keeps coming down to there's not one thing that's inherently good or bad. You've got to be aware. You've got to adjust. Now, another (laughs) uh, downside to bareback, of course, is it's easier to fall off. (laughs) And sometimes it might make someone more nervous just because they're anticipating that they might fall off and that's another reason why to not let yourself or anyone else put pressure on you to ride bareback and don't do it unless you're really feeling like it's a good day to do it give yourself lots and lots of time but i'll tell you it's a really cool feeling when you do it you approach it slowly and you do things in the in the timing that feels right and then there's one day when you just kind of forget that you're riding bareback and when you get to that spot it really is pretty cool sometimes i'm riding around my property bareback and brideless at my age and i think i must be nuts (laughs) is there a time when i'm like too old to be doing this and then and then i just think no I'm having way too much fun and there's enough benefits to my riding that are coming of this and benefits to my horses. And I'm just going to keep going and yeah, I'll still use the saddle and I'll still ride bareback and who knows when I'm going to do which, uh, but it's, it all can be, it all can be good. So I hope you, if you've been on the fence about trying bareback, I hope this uh gives you a little permission to go ahead and try it. Maybe gives you a way to start doing it again. Uh, don't worry if you're not interested in it at all. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I, it's just quite, quite addicting. And uh, yeah, I think every time I ride bareback, I just feel even more like that little kid, that little seven-year-old <laughs> who first got into horses. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.